What is happening, everybody? On today's show, we're going to go around the conference as we get you caught up on all the latest news across the SEC, including a hold on alcohol sales in Alabama, a Vanderbilt linebacker hits the portal, and the Golden Spikes Award watch list is out ahead of the start of baseball season. And we will catch up with former Ole Miss linebacker Chance Campbell as he prepares to head to the NFL draft. We'll talk with him about his one season in the SEC and what he liked most about playing in the best conference in America. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. Remember, Locked On SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. Plenty to jump into. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the handoff. Around the conference. And we start at Alabama as the feud of the city of Tuscaloosa. And the campus of Alabama and alcohol, they continue to feud. Alabama fans not happy after the city of Tuscaloosa announced a fee on large events that serve alcohol for ticketed events of at least 1,000 people or more where alcohol is being sold. A percentage of the sales of each ticket would go to, quote, public safety fees to the city of Tuscaloosa. After that announcement, Alabama, they pumped the brakes and announced they will no longer sell alcohol at sporting events after wanting to ramp this up at basketball games and eventually baseball, and we'll see from there. But uh, while this fee is in place, that's not going to happen. On Tuesday, the school president, Stuart Bell, issued a statement saying the university was surprised by the city's arbitrary service fee. Therefore, the planned new sales at our Alabama venues will remain on hold as we review the impact this fee could have on our university athletics and fans. The school president also went on to say, hey, look, we got a great relationship with the city. We use your... Uh, police for events and security and all this kind of stuff kind of saying hey we already pay you guys a pretty penny when it comes to uh, helping out with events here in the city how about you take care of us on this but uh, Bell's statement was similar to that of AD Greg Byrne who said Monday that Alabama will not be forward moving forward with alcohol sales at this time one of the biggest changes the SEC and Commissioner Greg Sankey are still learning how to deal with is the new NIL law, uh, allowing players to profit off their name, image, and likeness. You know, recently some comments were made from Nick Saban and Lane Kiffin took some shots, and Jimbo Fisher fired back on National Signing Day. So Greg Sankey was on the Paul Feinbaum show, asked about you know, the coaches kind of throwing haymakers at one another. He said, look, our coaches are dealing with a new reality. It creates stress, discomfort. Our coaches still work very hard. They're subject to state laws. They're attentive to those. They work with their compliance offices. But simply suggesting, whether it's Coach A or Coach B, that, wow, the only reason that somebody had recruiting success is because of the NIL, that's not actually a fully formed opinion. At the same time, it is a dynamic in recruiting now. So good answer from Greg Sankey remaining diplomatic there. Meanwhile, over at Missouri, Eli Drinkwitz doing some shaking up of his staff. We know D.C. Steve Wilkes recently left to head back to the NFL with the Carolina Panthers. According to Pete Thamel, uh, Missouri is looking at Troy cornerbacks coach Al Pogue for their open cornerbacks coach role in Columbia. Pogue was at Troy from 2014 to 2018. He had other stops at Auburn and West Virginia before 
returning to Troy. According to Thamel, a deal between Pogue and the Tigers is yet to be finalized, but sounding like the Troy assistant will be back on his way to the SEC, joining the Missouri Tigers. Meanwhile, Alabama, of course, will be a team to watch next season in the college football season, as they always are, but bringing back Bryce Young and company. Brent McMurphy of the Action Network, he was on McElroy and Kublik on Jocks FM this week, and he said, look, you look at Alabama, it's like a cookie cutter, same thing. They lose half a dozen guys in the first round of the NFL draft. You lose a couple assistant coaches. So they lost a lot of talent. How are they going to reload? And they just do it every year. He said, it looks like Saban's going to keep both coordinators. Seems like Pete Golding and Bill O'Brien might be back as of now. He says, but even if they do make changes there, I've learned you can be cute and pick against Bama, but you're usually going to be wrong. I just think Alabama with Bryce Young coming back, they are my pick to win it right now. So Brett McMurphy already going on record here in the middle of February saying he's picking Alabama to win the uh, SEC uh, or win the national championship next year. Pretty crazy um, to make that prediction already. But look, it's Nick Saban. They typically are there. Uh, Meanwhile, over at Vanderbilt, Clark Lee will be losing one of his defenders to the portal, according to reports, Dericky Wright, who's a sophomore outside linebacker slash safety who played the anchor position at Vanderbilt. He's in the portal last season in eight games. He had... 24 tackles, three and a half tackles for a loss. He's six foot four, 230 pounds. He previously committed to Ole Miss and Alabama during high school, where he was coming out when he was a four-star recruit. Right, was expected to compete for a starting spot with Vandy after the native of Alabama was a co-starter for the Commodores last season. Did miss some time because of suspension. We'll see where he ends up. In some SEC hoops news, we know Alabama does not shy away from tough non-conference opponents. This season, they scheduled and beat Gonzaga, Houston, and the reigning national champs, Baylor. That trend will look to continue for the 2022-2023 season. According to a site for the Rose Quarter in Portland, Oregon, Alabama, one of eight men's hoops teams expected to compete in the Phil Knight Invitational At the beginning of next season, they will be joined reportedly by Iowa State, Michigan State, North Carolina, Oregon, Portland, UConn, and Villanova. That's a heck of a grouping. That tournament will be played starting on November 24th later this year, next basketball season. Obviously, it will be played at the Moda Center where the Trailblazers play. Joe Lunardi's latest bracketology is out, and he's got Auburn and Kentucky Right up there is one seeds, so no change there. He does have Tennessee up to a uh, four seed. Alabama is a five seed. LSU is a six seed, as well as Arkansas is a six seed. And now he has Florida as part of the first four out. So obviously always ever-changing with the week in and week out of SEC play. But uh, we'll continue to keep you up to date on that. And the start of college baseball season is coming this weekend. The Golden Spikes Award has released its preseason watch list. And the SEC with 15 nominees on the list highlighted by uh, 2021 College World Series champion Landon Sims from Mississippi State. He's joined by last year's uh, fellow semifinalist Jacob Berry, who was at Arizona. He's now at LSU with his old coach Jay Johnson. Other guys on this list, Hunter Barco. The big lefty from Florida, Jordan Beck, Tennessee outfielder, Enrique Bradfield, Vandy outfielder, Dylan Cruz, LSU outfielder, 
Uh, Judd Fabian, outfielder at Florida. And then Hayden Dunhurst, Ole Miss catcher. Jacob Gonzalez, Ole Miss infielder. Nick Baldonado, the righty at Vandy. Uh, Robert Moore and Caden Wallace at Arkansas. And Logan Tanner, catcher at Mississippi State, rounding out the group. So some big names in there. We'll see uh, who ends up taking home the Golden Spikes Award at the end of the college baseball season. Quick reminder, we will have our conversation with Jay Johnson, the new LSU coach, later in the week. And there you have it. That is around the conference. Thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. When we return, our conversation with Ole Miss linebacker Chance Campbell, talking about his first and only season in the SEC where he transferred in from Maryland, and now he's heading to the NFL draft. That's coming your way next. Look, it's the time of year where a lot of you guys are giving up on your resolutions, if you haven't already, but there's no reason why you can't still eat right, and one of those things that can help you eat right is our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar's got some new and amazing uh, feature products up on their website at Built.com. One of the things, if you haven't tried them yet, you got to check them out, the Puffs. If you haven't tried them yet, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best-tasting bars. The Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're not a pro- just a protein bar. They are a treat. They're covered in 100% real chocolate, some delicious flavors, from the cinnamon churro to the coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. Those are just some of the flavors. You can go check them out right now on their website at Built.com. And when you find something you like, before you hit that checkout button, make sure you use our promo code LOCKED15. That's going to get you 15% off your order. Again, use our promo code LOCKED15. Get 15% off over at Built.com. Start eating better today. They're definitely uh, one of those treats that can help you do so. Locked in with uh, protein and only 130 calories in many of the bars. Go check them out at Built.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, roll along here. Locked On SEC. We'll be catching up with a lot of guys that play in the SEC this past year and uh, getting ready to prepare their game for the next level. And one of those guys, guy who played linebacker at Ole Miss this past year in Chance Campbell, and he joins us now. Chance, what's going on, man? Welcome in. Thank you. How you doing? Doing good. Let's uh, let's just jump into it, man. Talk about your season at Ole Miss. You started at Maryland and you ended up transferring in. What was the biggest difference to you coming into the SEC? Yeah, I think uh, the game was pretty similar, like a few differences here and there, but probably the biggest difference was were the atmospheres. They were kind of crazy in the SEC every weekend, like without fail. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk about it. You went to Starkville, you went to Auburn, you went to Tennessee, you went to Alabama. What was the craziest atmosphere you went to? Yeah, uh, Tennessee is definitely going to have to take the cake on that one. <laughs> Fourth quarter got a little wild and interesting. The atmosphere from the jump was, was awesome. You know, I think they, they sold out, and I think Coach Kiffin's return was like 
highly anticipated. So that was pretty neat. And then the night game and all those things together made it a really fun time. Yeah, it was a uh, crazy game. I mean, on the field it was crazy, but off the field it was crazy. Did you get hit by any of the, the debris flying through the air? <laughs> no, nah, I didn't. They, they walked us out pretty far into the field. Some of the people in the stands had, had some cannons, so they were getting to the bench, but we were <laughs> – they walked us out to midfield, so we were all good. Yeah, look, we're not praising it by any means, but look, it's just it's part of the craziness of playing in the SEC, and Coach Kiffin got hit by a golf ball. It is what it is. But let's talk a little bit about this team. And, and I mean, look, the, the big question mark chance coming to this year, we knew Matt Corral and the offense were going to be good, but could the Ole Miss defense got better? I think we saw that as the year went on, that the Ole Miss defense was much improved. But, man, you were a big part of that multiple games this year with double-digit tackles. Did you feel like you coming in, you were a major presence on why this defense got better? Uh, I definitely try to do my part to help, but everybody made it, made it like a pretty easy transition, and it was uh, it was a really fun defense to be part of because everybody was flying around, everybody was playing hard. So I like to think that I did my part, but I definitely was a piece in a pretty cool puzzle. How hard was it coming in? I mean, obviously you played at Maryland and you had a playbook there and all that. Like, how different was it or how tough was it adjusting to a new scheme and new terminology and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I was pretty fortunate because I'd had some some turnover at Maryland. So I actually had three defensive systems that I played. So, you know, learning a new defense obviously is challenging, but that that had been my fourth time doing that. Um, so that definitely was a little bit easier than it would have would have been earlier in my career. And then the coaches there, I mean, they worked with me every day. So anytime I had questions, I'd go get extra film, you know, walk through with some guys. And anything that I was maybe hung up on a little bit, they helped get that out pretty quickly. Let's talk about it because the production really showed out this year. I mean, we're talking, you know, your best year of tackles at Maryland. You doubled that. In your lone season, Ole Miss, you went from one and a half sacks in 2020 at Maryland to six this year at Ole Miss. I mean, was it really, did they just, like how the scheme set up, was it really just set up in, in that, you know, in a way that you were able to show out and really uh, be so productive? Yeah, I think the neat part of the defense that we ran was that it was pretty multiple and you had a lot of guys see a lot of success. I wouldn't say it was really funneled like to any one person. Um, but it was one of those deals where if you took care of what you had to, that you, you know, ran to the ball a little harder, or you, you know, watched a little extra tape, you could, you get a couple extra players that maybe weren't necessarily supposed to go for you. So I think it was a pretty balanced defense, but there were definitely plays that were plays to be made for, you know, for doing some of those extra things. We were at the senior bowl recently and we got to interview Braylon Sanders, but you know, he talked about all the different weapons you guys had on offense. I got to think, man, it made you better going up against all these different weapons on offense from Matt Corral to Jaron Ely, Snoop Connor in the backfield to Dontario Drummond, Braylon Sanders, Jonathan Mingo at wide receiver. Like I just feel like going up against those guys, it had to make you step your game up, right? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, from a skill position, you just named a bunch of those guys that were just, I mean, the word that kind of comes to mind for me is dangerous. And so they, those guys are dangerous with, dangerous with the ball in their hands. They, they push you to be better defensively. And then up front, we were pretty, we were really good. We had guys, you know, who were big, fast, strong, moved well. Um, so that whole offense, you know, every day in practice between seven on seven or inside run, you're always getting pushed to be better, which is, I mean, that's what you want. More with Chance Campbell here in just a second. Of course, football is over now. But basketball in full steam on both the pro and college level from all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. 
Our friends over at BetOnline.net, they are the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Go check them out right now. BetOnline, they remain the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, right to your Olympic coverage and information. Head on over to their website today. You can do so on your mobile device or uh, laptop, whatever you got. You can go learn about all the trends and action that are happening over at Bet Online. Bet Online, it is where the game starts. Continue our conversation with Chance Campbell, former Ole Miss linebacker, now heading to the NFL draft. And Chance, when I look back on this season, I'll ask you to give me your favorite game from this year, but I, I, I mean, me, I got to pin down to two. Either the home win against LSU or the home win against Arkansas. You went off in both of those games, double-digit tackles, uh, a sack in each of them. If you had to pick one, what was your favorite game from this year? It's tough. Um, I could probably I could probably narrow it down to to two. I would say the Arkansas game, and only because, you know, when you end in a – obviously that game defensively did not go the way we wanted to, but we still won the game on defense, you know, last play. And then I also think that that was a super important – it was a super important game for our defense because I really think we used that game to kind of turn a corner. And I would say the one moving forward was Texas A&M. Like we had a crazy atmosphere, big-time game, SEC West matchup. I think defensively we really put together some good tape, and that was pretty fun because I think some of the things that we had gone through earlier in the year definitely led to that and helped create some of the success we saw later. Yeah, of course, Texas A&M was ranked number 11 at the time. It was a monster win for you guys. Um, You know, when I look back, you know, Alabama, it just felt like that game got away from you guys so early with the fourth and shorts and the offense not able to convert and the defense was kind of put in some tough spots. Is that one you look at like, man, we wish we could have gotten those guys later in the year because, you know, we saw Alabama as good as Bryce Young was all year. It just felt like you guys getting them earlier. If you had gotten them later in the year, you probably would have had a different result. Yeah, that one, that game definitely sticks to my cross. I mean, everybody looks at games and, you know, it's easy to break it down and, and say a play here or a play there. But, I mean, that game, it just, it really felt like that. I mean, we, we drive the length of the field and just we come up one fourth down short. You know, their first drive out, we get a ball out, and their receiver, I want to say, it was, wasn't Jason Williams. I want to say it was Jaleel Billingsley. Um, he like got a ball out on him, but he recovered it. So, you know, like first drive, you go from being potentially seven zero and you're driving back the other way to the seven zero on on the bad side, and it's just so that that game is difficult. I think depending on where they were in the season, like that's a hard that's a hard gauge to say, but. Yeah, that was one I would love to have back. Talking with Chance Campbell, a senior linebacker at Ole Miss, preparing for the NFL draft. Man, the bowl game, I mean, look, you have a fantastic season. You guys get to the Sugar Bowl and everything, all the hype and excitement about that game. To see Matt Corral go down so early in that game with injury, you know, no excuses for the defense and how it played out, but, man, it just felt like, a, you know, you put a pin in it and it just deflated that had to be a little bit deflating for you guys to see Matt, who had been your leader all year to go down with injury, just had to be a tough go after that, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was tough on two fronts. One, obviously, the kind of player that he is and what he brings to our team. Like, our offense and our team really kind of ran through him. So seeing him go down was difficult. They had that on a personal level, too. Like, you see a guy like that make a super selfless decision to go out and play with his guys and, you know, try to – 
try to put an exclamation mark on a really awesome season. So you see someone put that kind of effort out there and then have what everyone fears happen. Like, that was tough on a personal level, too. So seeing him go down was like, that was really tough. I mean, I was super proud of Luke and the way that he stepped in. Uh, I think um, sometimes I feel like he doesn't get enough credit for that. But, yeah, watching Matt go down was really tough. You guys saw some really good quarterbacks throughout the year. I mentioned, of course, Bryce Young went on to win the Heisman from Alabama. But two guys – you know, that are expected to go very high in this year's draft. Obviously, Matt, who played on your team, is projected as a first-rounder as a quarterback. But playing Liberty and getting a win over those guys, what did you see out of Malik Willis? I mean, we saw him at the Senior Bowl just recently, but what did you see out of him that makes you think, all right, this guy's going to be a uh, really good talent at the next level? Yeah, he's he's definitely special. He's, the thing kind of sticks out to me for him, I guess it would probably be, it would be two things would be, one, how tough he is, because we sent a lot of pressure his way. We were in the backfield a lot during that game, but he, I mean, it didn't really change how he played. And a lot of times you can kind of get in the quarterback's crawl and you can, you can feel the game slip away from him. And I never really got that feeling. He actually led some pretty impressive drives later in the game. So that's one thing. And the other thing is kind of his explosion. I mean, he's a big dude and he's strong. And he gets zero to top speed pretty quickly. He's, he's elusive for, you know, for as built as he is. So that's definitely impressive as well. Uh, you faced a lot of good running backs, a lot of good quarterbacks uh, this year at Ole Miss. Who was the toughest to bring down, in your opinion? Oof. Um, I would say there was a running back from Texas A&M. Isaiah Spiller is incredibly talented. Uh, they had another running back, and I think I'm going to butcher his name, but I believe his last name is A-Chain, yeah. number six. Um, and that dude, he was, he was like crazy fast, track speed. Um, and was also physical, so you know that anytime you have that combination, that's difficult. And he gave us some fits in that in that A and M game, so he kind of sticks out in my mind. Yeah, Devon Ashain coming back next year for uh, Texas A and M, so he's going to be a a big part of what they do offensively. I guess kind of just your thoughts on guys that you saw this year that are coming back next year. When we talk about you know Hendon Hooker at Tennessee or KJ Jefferson at Arkansas. Uh, who in your mind is is going to be a guy that you think could have a really good year next year in the SEC? Yeah, I mean, both those guys that you, that you named are fantastic players. I think um, I unfortunately saw a little bit more of them than what we would have liked because they were on the field all the time. But um, the Arkansas quarterback was – I mean, he, he made a play that, like, still – I still remember. I think he – it was our side or our end zone going in, took off from, like, the five-yard line. I mean, he's a, he's a big dude, but he went airborne, got in the end zone. Like, that was a crazy athletic play. Like, reminded me of Cam Newton, um, something silly that he would have done a couple of years ago. So, that, I think that guy is going to do some really neat things. And the Arkansas team is, I mean, they're explosive, and they have a ton of good pieces. So, I'm excited to see what he does. Yeah, were you happy that Arkansas went for two in that game? Because, man, it's like I couldn't imagine – like how the last few minutes of that game played out, like it was such a shootout. I couldn't imagine that game going to overtime. Like you guys looked exhausted. Yeah, I couldn't either. There was a couple of times. Some of the, the way that clock ran was definitely interesting. So, <laughs> but I was, uh, I was glad that it ended up being just the one last play. And I don't know, anytime that you get to go win, win a game on defense, that's fun. So regardless of how we got there, you know, going and, and ending the game with a good taste in your mouth with like having a positive last play. That was really fun, so I'm glad they went for two. Talking with Ole Miss linebacker Chance Campbell, what are you going to miss most about your time in Oxford? I was going to miss playing with those guys. I had um, those players and my teammates and those coaches. That was just a really fun – that was a fun experience. It was short, and, I mean, I was there for six months. So, you know, 
shorter than I would have liked because it was, I mean, I had an amazing time. So just missing strapping it up with those guys at practice and, you know, going to play with them on a Saturday night or whatever time the game was, like getting together with just a tight group. That was, that's something I'm definitely going to miss. We see him out on social media and in public and all that, but give me a good, like, what was Lane Kiffin like in, in you getting to see him at practice and as a coach every day? I mean, is it a different Lane Kiffin that we see all in social media and out there in the public? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's quiet. He, uh, I mean, he's definitely the general of the team, sets things up. He takes great care of us. It's kind of one of those systems where if you take, like, you, you treat the team right, you do things right, then he treats you right. And so that's really fun. But he's, I mean, he's pretty easygoing in the sense that, like, you know, doesn't, doesn't raise his voice too crazy. I mean, he's definitely funny, witty, no doubt. Some of that comes through. But, um, yeah, it's, it is kind of funny to see the difference between him on social media and then, him in person, but both are definitely fun guys to talk or fun guys to be around. Coach Kiffin on social media, Coach Kiffin in person. Well, Chance, it's going to be fun to see where all you guys end up. I mean, from Ely to Connor to Corral, I mean, and yourself, like you guys have some studs going into this year's NFL draft. What are you going to be working on these next couple of weeks when it comes to, I mean, is it just all about prepping and preparing for the pro day and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, it's just really, I mean, the combine's coming up. So, I mean, that's, that's a huge focus right now. Just, trying to get a lot of that stuff together. I mean, you go from playing football to kind of being a track athlete, you know, so just working on those things and they're a bit different. So just kind of pouring all your energy into that and just going through the process and enjoying it. Cause you know, when you're little, you couldn't wait to get here. So it's a lot of work, but you kind of take a step back and, and think about how happy you would have been to be here when you were little. So just going through the process and enjoying it. Where do you think you translate the next level? Is it outside, inside? Where do you see yourself playing? wherever I can provide value. I think there are things that I could bring to the table and help a ball club. And just, I think kind of the, the deal in the NFL is creating value. And I think I can do that in a variety of different ways and whatever a team would need. I'm confident in my ability to go help that. I know you grew up in the Maryland area. Obviously you started career, your career in Maryland. Is there a team you grew up idolizing? Look, we're, I'm all about putting good vibes out into the universe. So is there a team you grew up liking uh, in terms of NFL teams? I actually, I watched more college football. I mean, I was from Maryland, so I was a, I was a Ravens fan when I was little. Um, but as I got a little bit older, I really have just been watching more college football. So there's not one in particular that really sticks out. <laughs> All right, well, we're putting it out there. If the Baltimore Ravens see value in, in Chance Campbell, first, second round, let's pull the trigger. Let's get you next to Patrick Queen from LSU, and let's uh, let's make it happen, okay? Sounds like a good deal. Chance, best of luck, man. Congrats on a a great season at Ole Miss and and playing in the SEC. And uh, best of luck at the next level, man. All right. Thank you so much. All right. That's Chance Campbell, formerly of the Ole Miss Rebels, taking his game to the next level and uh, heading to the NFL draft. All right. That is just about going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. Our thanks again to Chance Campbell for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow here on Locked on SEC. We'll continue to kind of get you guys ready for SEC baseball season. We'll have a conversation with Jay Johnson, the new LSU baseball coach, and much more. Anything new happening football-wise, we'll get you up to date on all of it. I'm Chris Gordy. This is Locked on SEC. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.